Hello and welcome to today's Tranquil Awakenings podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be in conversation with my husband, Peter Ison, and we're going to be discussing his transformation from being employed to becoming self-employed as a therapist, working with cell therapy, Reiki and integral eye movement therapy. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for coming back on to chat to me today. Um, when we last had a conversation a few months ago, when I was starting up this podcast, our lives were very, very different. And that's why I wanted to have you back on today, just to explain what you're doing now. So, what's been going on, Pete? Uh, yeah, things are very, very different, aren't they? Yes, when we did the podcast before, Redundancy was not in the picture, was not on the horizon, wasn't even a consideration. I was aware that cutbacks were being made where I worked and we were told, not going to affect the branches, you know, don't worry about it. So why would I think any differently? And yeah, I, I could go along happy on my spiritual path that was very much just on the side. And I could drip feed bits into some of my work colleagues and the occasional builder and stuff like that. I have the occasional semi-interesting conversation, but not get too into things. And that was the thing, wasn't it? We've been very much on this journey together every yep. step of the way. So we've had a good decade or so now of becoming increasingly self-aware and healing and growing. Turbulent at times. <laughs> but we've been making continual progress, I think. getting further and further out there. Yes. <laughs> conversations now are very very different to what they used to be but this was the thing that I think sometimes you used to struggle because I'm so immersed in the therapeutic well-being spiritual world yes and then you were in a nine-to-five job being a kitchen designer so you'd go out the house and I'd be having all of these amazing experiences and these profound experiences and you really wanted to be a part of that but it just didn't seem possible did it no I felt like I wanted to be a part of it when your stories were so fantastical um, and the, the transformations in the people that you work with are just yeah, so crazy, just massive transformations, changes and just helping so many people so much. And it was easy to say when I thought there wasn't really much chance of it happening, it was easy to say, yes, I want to do that. Yeah, and I think there's sometimes almost you were a little bit jealous at times, weren't you? Because you felt oh. like I was making all these shifts and meeting yeah. all these people and doing these wonderful things. Mm. And you weren't as much of a part of it as you wanted to be. Yes. But things have changed now, haven't they, quite dramatically? Little did we know that the universe was listening to that thought in the background. And it's a thought <laughs> that we've had for a long time. This isn't like a spur of the moment thing. For probably the last five years, you've been saying, oh, one day I'd like to join your business. Oh, yeah. I would like to be a therapist. You did your NLP training, your Reiki training, That's your IEMT training. I haven't done these things just as a hobby. It's not like I, I was just, oh, I'm interested, so I'm just going to get this certificate. I always wanted to be more in control of my own destiny, if you will. Um, yeah, instead of working for someone and doing as I'm told and making them money and, you know, yeah, it's nice when, when someone would come in and they've got, oh, their, their kitchen space was a problem and I could sort that out for them. That was a nice feeling. 
um, when the manager would look pleased because I'd made a sale and you know helped towards the figures. That that was pleasing, but it, it's absolutely nothing compared to giving someone a therapy session of any description and seeing the change. Even a small change is a change, and it's a step in the right direction for them, whichever direction they want to go in. She can't beat it. I know, it's incredible, yeah. isn't it? So what basically happened was we went to probably, oh, I did my sound therapy training yeah. last year. I'd been on another sound therapy course that I'd started the year prior to that. And I just found that the course wasn't for me. It wasn't great. So it was good theoretically, but practically it was lacking. So I ended up doing further training. It did lead you to get a lot of instruments, though, didn't it? Did. It did. Lots of very beautiful therapeutic instruments. But then I went to do some additional training with Richard Hissett. That's um, right, Pyramid Sound Therapist. Yep. And I loved it because he was really nurturing and really patient with me. And I basically just had several days with him being completely immersed in playing the instruments and really connecting with them. And it did my confidence good. And I just thought, you know what? Pete would be so good at this and he would absolutely love it. So when I was there on my final day, I paid for you to do the sound therapy training as your Christmas present. Now, I hadn't consulted <laughs> you on this, but you're a nightmare to buy things for anyway for Christmas <laughs> because you don't really have any specific yeah. hobbies. You right. don't like drink alcohol or you don't pig out on lots of chocolates anymore because years ago I did some weight loss therapy yep. work on you and you moderate what you're eating now. So you don't deny yourself anything, but you have a balance. Well, if this conversation was two weeks ago, you, that would still be the case where you'd say that. But now I, I've cut sugar out altogether. You have, haven't you? Because you and had so balances in your body. It's and... now 10 days. I haven't had processed sugar in 10 days. And how are you feeling for that? I'm feeling a lot better for it. But do you know what? It's easy. Yeah. Again, like when I got myself over a phobia years ago, like when I decided it was time to stop smoking and I stopped smoking, like when I decided I'm just not biting my nails anymore. I don't know what it is, but when I have this thing that's inbuilt, <laughs> it's really weird. Like I'll have these vices Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I'll go along thinking, yeah, I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway because I like it. Or, you know, it's a one-off. It's not so bad because I don't do it all the time. But then just at random, sometimes I'll just go, right, I'm not doing that anymore. And that'll be it. And actually, that's something you've done way before you even met me because you used yeah. to gamble a lot, didn't you, when you yeah. were struggling? And that was a bit of a problem for you. And yeah. you just you just stopped that. You just decided enough was enough. I'm drinking and, alcohol before that. Yeah. So you've just... Yeah. Change your life, but it is weird how it just happens. And yeah. I mean, one of the weirdest experiences, and this wasn't even a conscious decision, was about six years ago, we went to bed one night. And um, if we'd have gone out for a meal before we went to bed that night, I'd have had a mixed grill. That was yes. my meal of choice, wasn't it? When it was. Anywhere. But Last anyway, grill. You, you went to bed and the next morning you woke up a vegetarian. Yes. Now, to this day, neither of us know what happened with that. Mm. But you've been a vegetarian ever since, and it seems I've to really asked you suit you. Repeatedly, whether you were subliminally, like, as I was asleep, putting suggestions in, hypnotic suggestions, so you will no longer eat meat. <laughs> Which I wouldn't have done that because that has made my life harder, especially then when you, all of a sudden you told me when we had some very tiny children, yes. I'm not eating any meat based products at all anymore. And I was like, right, I don't know what to cook you. Um, so it was a little bit of a transition, but 
it just seems to happen naturally with you. You just decide, actually, I'm ready for something different, yeah. and then it happens. But anyway, so going back to where we were, back so the story. I um, I booked you this sound therapy course. Ah, and, sound therapy, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I told you about it um, prior to your Christmas present, because well, I think you saw a card or something that had a gift card. And you weren't really very impressed with me, <laughs> were you? <laughs> well, I, I, I got to the point where I don't... I, I look forward to Christmas. I feel like I'm good at buying gifts for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I am. Apart from that hideous handbag years well, ago that you brought me. I blame Harry for that. He chose it. Yeah, generally, I feel like I'm fairly good at picking gifts for people. I look forward to giving people gifts and seeing the joy on their face or or the question mark like <laughs> appear over their head like what? Either way, I enjoy that. I'm not so keen on receiving gifts because I've never been good at faking a reaction and I've never been good at hiding a reaction so having been given some questionable gifts over the years whether that be like turquoise tracksuit yes turquoise <laughs> as turquoise as you could possibly get like straight out of the pictures of a 70s magazine I've never been able to hide my dismay or my like what what's what's this all about mm-hmm. and I'm aware that that comes across as ungrateful and I struggle to control it. And so I I don't dread being given a present, but when it's a surprise, I'm always like, oh, please look grateful, look grateful. There's it. a bit of anxiety in you, doesn't it? It so does a little bit. It tends yeah. to prepare you if it's anything a little yeah. bit different than the obligatory so, socks. So yeah, when, when I opened that, I was like, sound therapy? Sound therapy training. I'm just thinking, you spent all this money on sound therapy. Like, why do I want that? We've got all these instruments. You do this. You're a therapist. You're doing this. I I was just thinking at the time, I've never really, like, I'd tinkered with singing bowls, but I'd never really learnt to make them sing. Mm-hmm. And I'd never really got that much pleasure from them if I had. And I'd built your gong stands. And that was fun, but that was the building of them. It wasn't necessarily the playing the gongs. And I just thought that as we discussed my therapeutic journey, I felt like it was going to go more along the neuro-linguistic programming route. Mm-hmm. The more, the less woo-woo stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I just trusted that. And I think it, it was the right decision, absolutely, because of what's 100%. happened since. But. Anyway, 100%. you went on this course, you got it yes. booked in, when you finally managed to coordinate days off work with yep. when you could take that time off. And, and what happened? I did the course. I loved it. The second I stepped into that room, I went and met Richard and Norma. Lovely, proper, salt the earth people, really welcoming, um, really make you feel at ease. And you go out to Richard's um, cabin and it's... Oh, it's so chilled out in there. It feels nice and relaxed. And you start talking about it and you realise there's no airs and graces. There's no expectations. There's no, like, he's just a lovely bloke. Yeah. And, like, used to be a, a welder. Yeah. And works with steel and stuff like that. Properly, just any bloke that you'd meet down the pub and just have a chat with. And then, yeah, he's just dead easy. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts off and he shows you 
a little bit of how to do it. And it's like, here you go, crack on. And you just get straight on with it. It's practical yeah. from the beginning. And you get straight on and he'll just, he'll correct you if you go wrong. Or he'll say, did you notice what you did there? Or, mm -hmm. you know, did you notice that noise? Listen to me, how I do it. And yeah, and you just, you go, you read through his manual and you learn bits, but it, it's not, you know, there's not a PowerPoint anywhere in sight. It's, it's just nice and easy, but I felt at home. Yes. From the first time I picked up a gong mallet or the tube mallet and started hitting, I just, I felt like I'd been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. Like, like it all came flooding back to me sort of thing, but I've never, I've never done that. I'd hardly even touched your instrument. Yeah. And we had a house full of them mm -hmm. and I'd really not shown any interest. And I'm thinking, why have I not been near the instrument? We've got all of these at home. Mm -hmm. And I was loving it. And the vibra I could feel all of the vibrations. And I just I just knew, yeah, I took some guidance as to this is a good method to go on, you know, the shakers are grounding, you start with the shakers and then maybe bring in some chimes and then the gongs and different effects of things and when is good to play something and when maybe isn't so good to play mm -hmm. something. You know, talked about things clashing and complementary sounds and, and the different effects and so on. And, yeah, um, like I said, I just felt like I'd been doing it for ages. And I think what was really nice for me is after that first two days you'd spent with him, you then come back and you have about a month in between where you do case studies. And historically... You've always had case studies to do with things like your neurolinguistic programming, your IEMT, yes, um, your Reiki, yes. But it's been quite a different experience. So I've basically <laughs> had to nag you to get your case studies done in the past. Like, come on, yeah. get on with it. You've got time to do it. And That's it's fair. been a case of you've done the case studies, but then you've had a real resistance of typing up the case studies, for example. Yeah. So I've had to sit with you, and you've had to tell me about it as I've typed for you, yeah. And then you've tweaked it, made any amendments, and sent it off. Yes. But this was completely different. Mm. You were so driven, so motivated, and you got straight on to people, asking them if they would be your case studies for sound therapy. Yeah. And you were so excited to do it. And this was like, wow, what's happened to Pete? It's, it's mm. great. Um, because I think we're quite different. I'm very <laughs> towards, I'm very outcome driven, and I'm very motivated, whereas yes. you tend to go on a slower, gentler path normally. I'm quite away from. Yes. So I'll do something to avoid a worse outcome. <laughs> where you're towards so you will strive towards that positive outcome yeah. yes but seeing you working towards it was brilliant yeah. so you just got on with it you wrote up your paperwork straight away yeah. and it was just a remarkable change within you so you were really excited to go back for the next and i took learning period. from each one as well it was brilliant it was a brilliant part of the journey so i'd done the two the first two days with them which was mm -hmm. basically an introduction and then um Done a, a bit of a treatment on Norma, I think. You you do loads of treatments on Norma, don't you, really bad. And then and then and that was all right. I was basically just getting the hang of things. And yeah, then come away and did my case studies. And I remember learning basic things. Like on my first case study, I think I wore my jeans. Yes. And yeah, I didn't like the sound of my jeans rubbing together as I was walking around mm -hmm. the thing. So I'm like, right, note self. And I even put it in my notes. Like yeah don't wear jeans next time so then I'd like wore my jogging bottoms or something next time so that mm -hmm. that was taken away but then I'd learn something else and 
make a note of that in my case study as well. And just, yeah, those case studies was so vital a part of my learning experience, yeah. which they always should be, but it just, I don't know, it just felt so much more than anything else I'd ever done in the Just past. resonated with it, didn't it, you? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so, yeah, you and went then, back. Yeah, when I went back for the next two days to go more in-depth and do more treatments on Norma, um, I sent Richard a, to sleep a couple of times as well because, obviously, he's there observing in the room whilst you're doing a treatment to someone. But, I mean, that is a battle. To be in a room with the sound therapy happening and an hour's sound therapy session <laughs> happening and to keep yourself awake, that is a real battle. Because the thing is with the sound waves, they alter the brainwave frequencies. So obviously Absolutely. we've got all the different brainwave frequencies going in our mind. We've got beta, the alpha, the theta, the delta. But some are more predominant than others at some parts of the day than other times. Yes. So what that sound does is it entrains your brain, doesn't it? it to does go indeed. and connect with the frequencies and it takes you into yeah. that alpha, theta, deep relaxation. That's it. So to concentrate for him was to be really hard in that. Yeah. But also I think it showed you did a really good job because yeah. he wouldn't have relaxed like that if you'd clattered and banged and no. made a mess of it. No, exactly. Yeah. And then I remember we did the we did a treatment just with the Wawas as well. That was on Norma. Um that that was possibly the first just Wawa treatment that he had. Um, that she had had, sorry. So the Wawa's, just to sort of clarify some of them, basically oh, yeah. metal tubes. Uh, Smaller with... version of the metal tubes. So it does lots of metal tubes, Richard does, because now he does the planetary ones mm -hmm. and now the angelic ones as well, which is a new addition. The, the standard ones are in the Solfeggio scale, mm -hmm. um, tuned to the chakras of your body. And, yeah, so the, the idea of the Wawa tubes is they're portable. So they're yes. a smaller version. She'd be hard pressed to carry a couple of the big tubes yes. around with you. They're, they're quite considerable. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's worked out how to drill the hole. He's made them, I think, from aluminium for starters rather than steel. So they're a bit lighter. And then he's worked out precisely using all his technical gadgetry. He's Lots got in of his mathematics workshop. involved, oh, isn't yeah, there? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's drilled a hole in the side and a, the thumb hole that you cover and then slits down the side as well mm -hmm. and and it means that you can get the same resonance from a much smaller yeah. tube and so a wah-wah um, tube just it makes a wah-wah sound basically so it makes you strike it and it'll make like a ah sound but then when you press the little yeah. um hole with your thumb it goes wah 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 yeah. so, like when you we've all played the recorder at some point in our lives presumably you know you have to put your thumb over one hole and then you've got the other holes well it, the hole is just like that. But, but a much nicer sound yes. than a recorder. A hundred times, yeah. Um, but yeah, when you move your, your thumb, you can wiggle your thumb or just remove it completely and put it back on again. And it, it does make it wah-wah. Mm. Yeah, so you gave Norma a wah-wah treatment, didn't you? Did indeed. That went very well, yeah. And then I remember doing another treatment. I won't... I won't go into the details of the other treatment just in case we've got some listeners that are going to go and train with Richard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want yeah, to I think that's spoil any, any, uh, any surprises, surprises that, that may be there. Um, but 
Norma makes a lovely lunch. I'll say that. <laughs> I enjoyed the uh, lunches and the, and the chats that we'd have over lunch. That was lovely. But yeah, I just I just felt so comfortable with it. I felt like I knew exactly what I was doing um, well before the course had finished. Mm -hmm. And when I came away, it was, it's fair to say, it's genuinely the first course I've actually done mm -hmm. where when I finished it, I was ready yes. to go into business and do that. And I was I ready for a client. Yeah, you were excited about that, weren't you? And I think that's one of the things like throughout the life that I've sort of known you, right, we've been together about 17 years now, haven't we? Is that right? Yeah. That's um, right. Um, lose track of time now. Um, and you've never really known what you want to do with yourself. You've yeah. always just fallen into jobs, but you've always said yeah. for years, like, you seem to have found your purpose. I don't know what mine is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you qualified as a sound therapist and we had a conversation. I don't know if it was the night you came back or if it was a couple of days later. A couple of days later, yeah. And, and what did you say to me? Because it was the Tuesday and Wednesday that I did my course. Yeah. So it had settled in over the, the weekend uh -huh. and it was the Monday night. That That's right. I remember saying to you, like, do you know what? I feel like for the first time in years and years, I feel like I identify as a sound therapist rather than a kitchen designer. And, and so you were really excited. You were like... It's really positive, because isn't it? Because for years, we've known that you should be part of the business. Yeah. We've wanted that, but it's never been a possibility. One, because of finances, you have a stable wage and then where mine sort of fluctuates month by month. And um, just one thing after another. And you weren't yeah. really sure if you were ready to take on clients. No. So I've been waiting for you to be ready. So all of a sudden when you said, right, I want to do this, we sat and I got my paper out, didn't I? Because I like to make plans on paper and get yeah. carried away. And we came up with a plan that in three years' time, um, you'd be working with me on a part-time basis. You'd start <laughs> building one or two clients a week, yeah. starting to build the reputation, starting to build that client base. And hopefully yeah. in three years' time, you'd be able to move to part-time kitchen designing, part-time working within the business. Yeah. And then within five years, hopefully, you'd have enough clients to be fully self-employed. Yes. However... Things didn't quite work out like that, did they? The universe had other ideas. He yeah. listened. It was like, yes, I've been waiting for years for this man to hurry up and get himself sorted. I went into work the next morning and I remember it, it was my boss's day off. And um, I told the um, I told a couple of the other guys there um, that I'd had this revelation. That I was like, Do you know, I've done this. And I, I feel like it. They knew that I'd done anyway, what I'd done because I, I spoke to them about it. But yeah, I said... I actually feel like this. So it was about, I don't know, probably nine, half nine in the morning, I was having a chat with a young guy, Adam, young guy on the counter. And, uh, and I was saying, explaining what had happened, saying about my revelation. And then about half past 10, I went to uh, make a cup of tea. And when I come back, the manager was sat in his office, um, like shorts and t-shirts, it was his day off. And I was like, what are you doing here? Could have just rung me if you needed something doing. Should have just rung me. I was the assistant manager, so mm -hmm. you know, not uncommon for him just send me a message and ask me yeah. to do something. And and he's like, "No, I'm, I'm here to see you, Pete." And I'm like, "Behave yourself!" Like packing <laughs> and winding me up, you know. And he's like, "No, all serious face." Like, "No, really, come on in." I'm like, "Are you being serious?" I was really like, Are "You being serious? You're not yeah. being serious." What's the face? You are being serious. It took me quite yeah. a 
<laughs> to realise it's like you need to shut the door. I'm like, you're making this out like it's a really serious thing. And he says, well, I'm here on my day off. He's like, I don't normally come in on my day off, do I? And that's how he, he said, um, the area manager had rung him half an hour before. Mm -hmm. The area manager had rung him and said, making redundancies, it affects assistant managers. So Pete, it's every assistant manager in the company, they were getting rid of that specific job role. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so he says, oh, I was just going to call Pete and let him know. And Jack was like, no, no, you can't do that over the phone. He says, I'll go in and tell him in person, mm -hmm. which was very good of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I, it was like that. It was a yeah. bit of a slap in the face. But then I was like, well, no. I mean, I've literally just said, yeah, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And the universe has gone, okay, brilliant. Let's go with it. Before you change your mind, <laughs> quick, quick, before you change your mind. And I'm like, okay, then I'll do that. Yeah. So I was like, no, that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. And when we went out and told the others, we went out, closed the front door, made an announcement so everyone knew. Yeah. And everyone was like looking at me like, oh, no. And some of them were like, oh, what are we going to do? Well, because you were and, such an experienced member of staff as well. You've been there 15 years. And yeah. like what you didn't know wasn't worth knowing. You'd worked through all the different job roles within the company. Yeah. People from other branches would ring you up to ask for where do you find this or what do you do in this situation? Yeah. So there was a wealth of knowledge and experience. You were a real asset to that company. And it wasn't anything to do with your individual much. skill set, was it? It was just purely yeah. a business decision of we're getting rid of this role. That's it. Yeah, there was no no thought for how it's going to affect individual branches. It was just, you know, taken way, way up in the board mm -hmm. in Sweden, whatever. But yeah, so some of them, well, I think everyone was shocked, that's fair to say. But they all just looked and said, well, it's meant to be. Yeah. I'd just been saying that morning, just been saying about how I decided this and I'd finished this qualification and really loved it and felt like I identified. And... Here I am getting made redundant just minutes later after mm -hmm. telling them. And they were like, wow, it, it's clearly meant to be. Yeah. I mean, it, we did have to have a period of a bit of shock, didn't we, for a while? Like, there was about a week yes. where we were a bit like, this is really big, actually. You earn half the household income. We've got a big property. We're renovating. <laughs> We've got all of these other things. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, we knew we were going to get the buffer of you getting a fair size payout because you'd worked there 15 years in terms of redundancy, like statutory yeah, redundancy. Unfortunately, yeah, there was no voluntary redundancies and there was no packages. It was all just statutory. But it was really hard for that month because it, we didn't know what was going on because it was a, you were at risk of redundancy. Risk of so redundancy. you have to go through yeah. that process. That's and that it. was almost harder for us because we couldn't fully make the decision of what we were doing. Were you going to get a part-time job and come and work with me part-time were we just going to go for it what was happening what if it didn't happen and we'd got all excited yes that this was going to happen and we were really hoping that it would happen oh yeah but then there was more nerve and apprehension to be honest of what if all of a sudden they turned around for some reason and said it wasn't going to we were very much trying to manifest it's it yeah. happening weren't we like, <laughs> because also it's got to the stage with my business that i'd probably reach my capacity of what i could do working by myself yeah and but i've got so much more that i want to achieve as well so i did need that extra yeah. person on board That's it. and we've known that for a while so it was a real opportunity so 
It was. A month That's or exactly so later. It was. it was all positive. It was. It was a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. It was. Like you say. And I think that's days, natural because it's life changing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there were days when I was like, God, what am I going to do? And then there were days when I was, oh, I'm so happy that I was leaving. Especially being at work and still dealing like with the same stuff. Yes. That you have to deal with in any job mm-hmm. occasionally. And I'm thinking, do you know what? It was so much easier knowing I, I was a changed person. I I occasionally would suffer with a lack of empathy <laughs> when people were blowing a very small issue out of all proportion. Yeah. I would sometimes not be the most sympathetic. Mm-hmm. But in that last month, anything, like, like there was nothing was too much trouble. I yep. could deal with anything. And I was fine, and I'd do it with a smile or an apology or whatever was suitable at the time. I was brilliant. Yes. I was a perfect <laughs> member of staff. It was great. And it was all because I knew I was leaving. Well, I hoped that I knew that I was leaving. But, I mean, and, I think that's something as well, just sort of to point out, I think you know it anyway, that obviously that day happened where you did get made redundant, and now that was end of April. So we've had a few months of this now. Mm. We're approaching towards the end of September. Yes. And once again, it's been a bit of a roller coaster because it's been huge changes. But something that's really transformed with you is your mood. Um, <laughs> it's a lot nicer to live with you now, to be honest, because you've always been great. But so you can be a bit blunt and not always the most empathetic person, but particularly when you were stressed. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was finding it very hard because you worked really long days. You were out of the house for six o'clock. You weren't getting home till half five, six o'clock. Yeah. I had then been doing the school runs, doing all of that working through the day then leaving off to straight away do the school runs making the dinners and then we had a quick transition over and then i would go back to work honestly don't know um i I don't know how i did it and i did it for years thank you but it's made both our lives easier in that sense because all of a sudden you you're just around but you're so much more relaxed um i think because you're not having to rush you're not feeling overwhelmed by doing maybe quite thankless tasks you're better with me you're better with the kids it's it's great. Um, life's brilliant now. Um, we still well, have the actually update. involved in stuff as well. You are. Like this year, it was me that got the kids back to school. Yeah, that's and the, you've never the done the that before, have you? Ever. And I mean, that's... I, I'm quite ashamed of that, in a way. I'm quite ashamed of that. That, you know, Rosie's in her second year at secondary school. Mm-hmm. We've got... Another one at secondary school and another one in primary school. So it's not like I've not had the chance to be involved and stuff like that. It's just my attitude was, well, I'm out at work. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. I'd drive the car when we went shopping to get their pencil cases or whatever it was that they needed. But pretty much left all of that to you. I never even bothered getting my email address to the school to get the notifications that they needed stuff. and. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Somehow in my mind that seemed acceptable. I, I'm sorry. That's okay, it's fine. I've got no idea why I thought that was acceptable. Yeah. But it just seemed it somehow mm-hmm. because I was at work all the time. I knew that you were working hard. But there is a difference, isn't there? And I think you're maybe realising it now that there is a different perception. When you're self-employed and you're working from home, Yeah. it wasn't seen to be working to the same it was working but it was le- it was a lesser the lines are very blurry yeah. at times yeah 
that's what I'm finding now. And I think that's one of the things where we have had those wobbly days. That's been one of the biggest struggles, isn't it, for you yeah. on your side is a, well, I've got stuff around the house that needs doing and I'm in the yeah. house so I could be doing that, but I've also got my work to do. That's and it. where does one start and one end? And I think yeah. that takes practice and that takes time and you have to get that ability to just be able to shut off. And I think you can understand that far more now because sometimes oh. you would come back from work and you'd be a bit frustrated with me like, why haven't you done any washing? Why are these things not done? And you couldn't understand yeah. it. And I'd be like, because I'm working. I've had a day of clients and I've had admin that I've got to get yeah. done. And you just couldn't understand it because, I, well, I was in the house. But you'd um, be complaining that you hadn't done your admin. Yeah, or ha not having and time. You'd and you'd be telling me that you'd been doing admin and so you haven't done these other things. And I'd be like, well, which one is it? You've either done it or you haven't done it. But obviously, now I've witnessed firsthand, you have so much admin. <laughs> you have so many people contact you. Yeah. And some of these inquiries are nice, quick ones. Some of them take a long time. I mean, mm -hmm. just to book in an appointment can be tricky thing in itself yeah but yeah with writing courses for your corporate days yeah. writing bespoke training courses to go in and teach whatever workplace it is whatever council it may be whether it's public sector private sector whether you're going into a school classroom and doing it with little kids to teach them about submodalities mm -hmm. and better ways to deal with their emotions and so on you have to you have to do all of this from scratch, create it yourself. Yeah, and then as well as all the general day to day yeah. seeing clients yeah. and also the day to day admin. So, like yeah. when I say admin, it means different things at different times. So sometimes it's uh, yeah. responding to inquiries. Sometimes my admin means writing a new course from scratch. Yes. Um. So once so that's where that conflict came in. I've been doing my admin because be, I was doing one element of it. Yeah. But then neglecting another element of it because I was it. juggling all the Your time. Accounts. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, my accounts are an issue. Every year I say, right, I'm going to keep on top of them. And then I get like a shoebox or a folder full of receipts because um, I'm very meticulous. I like everything to be spot on with my accounts. Yes. But it comes to March every year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I've got a year's worth of receipts to go through. I like to sometimes keep on top of the incomings because that's really nice to see the money I'm making. The outcomings is harder because they're funny numbers and yeah. um, it's, it's money leaving the business again um so that's not as fun and um, i always get them done but yeah yeah <laughs> normally at the last minute normally at the last minute yeah. but that's where it's transformed things hasn't yeah, it? because so just seeing the amount of admin that you have to do in a day is flabbergasting mm. it's yeah but that that's something we've we've managed to sort of discover this as we're learning to work together and learning how I can fit into the business and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's actually, it's different, isn't it? It is. It's, my role isn't necessarily to earn half of the money. No. Or, you know, maybe a, you know, some people, uh, we've encountered people not in the not too distant past. Yes. We've encountered people who are quite concerned about being the breadwinner. Yes. Or the, that male role of, you know, needing to earn most of the money. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, for some reason, although I grew up in quite a normal house where my mum worked a part-time job sometimes, but not all the time, and my dad worked all the hours God sent in a factory, um, that's not something that I've got. I'd be a kept man quite happily <laughs> if, you know, if that was the way around it could be. I'd be quite happy with that. But So I, I'm not bothered. As long as I feel like I'm contributing in some yeah. way and 
I'm happy that at the moment I'm getting up, I'm helping you with your breakfast. I'm making the kids breakfasts, the kids pack lunches. I'm making sure that their bags are packed, that they've got their PE kits, that the clothes are ironed, that they're like all of this stuff. I'm the one who's pinning on the fridge to say, oh, you've got um, food ed or whatever it's called, DT food today. So let's get the ingredients mm -hmm. for this together and making sure that I've got the shopping for that. And I I'm doing all of this. Yeah. And whilst I'm enjoying it and I sort of, on the one hand, I'm patting myself on the back saying, oh, aren't I doing a good job? On the other hand, I'm also going, I can't believe I never used to be involved in this. <laughs> there's so much to it it could there potentially is, be really stressful jobs. yeah but i don't actually find it stressful but that's because it's not encroaching in anything else yes that's my purpose in the morning mm -hmm. that's what i'm there to do and so that's what i'm doing and it's not stressful because it's not clashing with anything else i'm not thinking oh god i've got to go to work after this and i've got to deal with this yeah. it makes the world of difference it does so that gives me time to then do my admin and then yes. I, I see lots of clients throughout the day. But you're also starting to build your own client base now and you're starting to do more and more Absolutely. therapeutic work. So yes. tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> tell our audience how, a little bit about that. How much that. detail do I go into? Um, you've yeah. got about 10 minutes. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, I well, not obvious. It depends if you know me or not. I am a Reiki master, as you are. Yeah. However, I don't tend to teach so much no. i've initiated a few people into reiki i've, I've done three attunements now to mm -hmm. reiki one which is great and i've loved them yeah um, i still love giving treatments yes just nice relaxing reiki treatments mm -hmm. and i love giving sound treatments as well so the more people that would come for them the better IEMT, Integral Eye Movement Therapy, which I trained in a few years ago. I've sort of kept on the back burner. I've done it with you a few times. When you issues have yes. presented, we've actually worked together. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've done all sorts, haven't we? I've past life regressed you on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. Hypnotised you before, but the IEMT is something we keep coming back to. And I had my first IEMT client a while ago now it's best part of two months ago yeah now it seems recent still but that has been absolutely transformational not just not just for my client who i'm so proud of because the the different person that arrives now for the session mm -hmm. than originally came and i'm not going to go into details no. but to say they were at crisis point when they came, I think is is fair to say and leave it there. Yeah. Literally at crisis point. Mm -hmm. And now they're not. And it's, oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. All ego aside, the ego doesn't even come into it. It's not like I'm sat here patting myself on the back saying I did that. I'm so proud of them and the transformation they've made. Yeah. Um, it's just phenomenal mm -hmm. and it's been an amazing to be a part of that journey and that they want to just continue to work with me because well because you've helped them you've done a good job say <laughs> that they enjoy it really enjoy it and get a lot from it and yeah. want to keep coming they've spaced their 
sessions out further. Yeah. Which is awesome. So before that, I would probably have been slightly resistant to getting any more IMT ones. Yeah. But now, oh, yeah, love it. Yeah. And it comes back to that you can help to make a remarkable difference in people's Mm. lives. And you're doing that time and time again with what you're doing, whether it's that you're doing a one-to-one sound therapy session or you have couples, sometimes two people coming together. You do your one-to-one Reiki treatments. You've now, like you say, initiated It's a couple's treatment. That's only because we can get two people. It's often either mothers and daughters or friends that end up coming for those. Yeah. Which is great either way. And they both have a unique experience, even though they're sharing at the same time. Definitely. And I, I love the group sound baths as well. Mm-hmm. That I really get a lot of pleasure from the group sound baths that I'm doing. And so I've been running, I do the one regularly in Nettleham. Yep. And that one fills every time. Yep. And that's been fantastic. I've done four of those now. Mm-hmm. That's on the third Friday of each month yep. in Nettleham, seven till nine. And that's fantastic. Then I had someone contact me when they couldn't make one of the Netherlands ones one time. They said, oh, would you do one in Saxelby? Yeah. So I'm like, brilliant. Yes. So I looked for a venue in Saxelby, found one, and I put one on in Saxelby last month. It went really well, got brilliant feedback. Um, four of the people had never been to a sound bath before, but I believe all four will be coming to another one Amazing. in the future because they all really loved it. It's always hard when you're starting a business to try and discover what's going to work for you. And some things do, some things resonate, some things build, other things fall away. Yes. And I think that's one of the trickiest bits as you're getting going. And I think you're doing really well with that. But that's the ultimate aim, isn't it? You wanting to get one or two sound baths a week running in different places throughout the county. Um, And I know you're about to start some in Woodall Spa. Uh, Woodall Spa, that's right. Yeah. So I've booked the Bowls Club in Woodall Spa for Wednesday, I believe that's the 18th of October. And I've also booked Roughton Village Hall Mm -hmm. for one, and that is on the Friday, the 13th of October. And if all goes well, I would like to run those regularly as well. So Uh that I believe is the second Friday and the third Wednesday of every month that I'll be. So, yeah, them. you're going to be increasing the amount of sound baths in Lincolnshire then, basically, which is absolutely great. And I remember the first time I went to a sound bath was years ago, and I didn't really know what a sound bath was. It was with my first group of hypnotherapy students. There was a lady called Louisa, amazing lady, and she'd heard of a, a sound bath, mm. a gong bath specifically. Gong bath it was. And she's like, do you want to come on? And you did ridicule me a bit. Yeah. And so did a couple of my friends. But I thought, I've got to try this. So a group of us all went. It's the first time most of us have been. And we laid down on yoga mats, sometimes now, when I've been since, I've taken a reclining chair because it's more comfortable, and laid down and just basically the sound is played and it washes through you. And I had such a transformative experience at the time. It was probably when I was going through Dark Night of the Soul. So there was lots of trauma. There was lots of historical issues being brought to the surface. And I remember feeling all over the place. I had all these wonderful experiences, so it made me going to quite a hypnotic state, sort of altered sense of consciousness, really. So I was getting all this beautiful imagery coming into my mind, sort of very meditative. But also it was clearing and shifting the energy in my body. And I remember getting out to the car afterwards and just bursting into tears and crying (laughs) for ages. 
But that was really cathartic. It was such a release. It was like all this energy that I've been holding for such a long time. And yeah. it shifted from my system. And that's when I became fascinated with the sound. And that planted the seed. And the more I've been to those sound therapy sessions, sound bath sessions, and the more I've seen other people use that. Wow, right. the transformations are amazing. It's really gentle, but it can create massive shifts at the same yeah. time. And yeah, I'm really proud of you for doing what you're doing because it's a fantastic way of helping people. And I think during my career, because I've been going, what, about eight and a half years now? So things like Reiki and hypnotherapy, initially I was having to explain to a lot of people what they were and they didn't get it. Yes. But now more and more people seem to be opening up to that. And yes. I think it's going to be the same with you with the sound that a lot of people don't even know about what sound therapy is or what it does no. yet. But the more people are experiencing it, the more they're recognising yeah. it's great for that rest and relaxation. It's, it's great. It's one of these things that people need to experience. Yeah. They need to, like, anyone can explain what it does, the benefits. You can explain that until it blew in the face. People need to experience it for themselves to feel the power feel the transformation when you're sat in front of a gong and it's resonating you know people have this idea of the old was it mgm picture or whatever it was one of the old films and there was that bloke in look like tarzan and he'd smack the gong or people have this idea of a dinner gong mm -hmm. just being crashed it's not about that at no. all it's very controlled isn't oh, it? very controlled and very gentle and you bring it up and you take it back down again and you Oh, it sends people on a journey. The number of times, mm -hmm. like, I love after a sound bath, I love speaking to the people and hearing their experiences. You know, I'll have people lying next to each other. I had a family at one of them, all related, and the one was like, yeah, I've never done anything like this before. Like, I was really relaxing. I wasn't expecting to get that relaxed. And then the mum was there, and she was like, I, I felt like I was swimming through, did she say I was swimming through the veins of some giant creature or something like that? And then the woman next to her went, oh, that's interesting. I was traveling through the stars. Like there was something that you did and it just, it made me think of like, first of all, the ocean, and then I was underwater. And then all of a sudden there was this jingling noise and I was I was out above the stars and I stayed above the stars and there was all these colours and there was oh I swear I saw an alien at one point or some and then someone else would just be there snoring. Whereas <laughs> it often happens you get a little snore ring out through Well it activates um, the parasympathetic nervous system, doesn't it? Which decreases it stress, it relaxes the body and it yeah. just it's a reset really. So yeah, yeah it's amazing. It's generally followed by the best night's sleep that people have had in a long time which is amazing mm. and obviously this is about to come to the end of this podcast but i would just like to point out um some of you may have noticed we've got a new intro and outro um for the podcast and that's because we've revamped it a little bit and when i started the podcast it was very much about my business and about the work that i do helping people Indeed. um but since then you're now part of that business we're a team in our business now and what you're doing is very important. So um, we've got a new intro and outro and there's different instruments being played on that. And we've right. been incredibly lucky that Tony from A Crashy Music oh, yes. 
um, came over one evening. When I contacted him about this, we were so fortunate that he'd just landed in Manchester Airport. Yep. He normally lives abroad. Vietnam. Vietnam, yep. yeah. And um, so he came around with all of his high-tech recording equipment. And we spent from about seven in the evening to nearly one o'clock in the morning um, <laughs> having a good old chat because they're our friends and they're very special yeah. to us. Um, but recording you playing the different instruments and he's yeah. taken that away and he's created this new bespoke intro and outro, which is you yeah. playing. Yeah. Um, so that's amazing. So yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, it's <laughs> lovely to have you here today oh, and have this chat and also just to be continuing this journey with you. Right. So, have you got any final thoughts or anything you would just like to leave with the audience before we sign off? I, I don't know what to say. I listen to your podcasts every week and I think, oh, how are they going to think of something to say on the spot? Um, no, just if you feel like the universe is pulling you in a certain direction, just don't fight it. Just go with it and like, just be open. You know, if if I'd have accepted your Christmas present of this sound therapy thing and I'd gone, no, come on, go and get your money back for that because that's not what I want to do. I, w I wouldn't be here in this position today. I'd probably be in another job somewhere still not fulfilled, not happy, and neither would you be. But instead, yes, initially I scoffed at it slightly, but I approached it with, openness and embraced it and it's changed my life and you never know where that's going to come from so i would just encourage anyone listening just be open to things just suspend your disbelief for that moment if you find yourself at any point in a state of disbelief just suspend your disbelief just for a minute and just be open to maybe finding something new Amazing. Well, thank you ever so much for chatting to me today. And thank you ever so much to the listeners for listening to us today. Whatever you're doing, I hope you have a wonderful time and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care and bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe. If you would like to find out more about the therapies that we provide and the training we offer, please visit our website, www tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. You can also find us on social media.